Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Welcome into The Flex. My name is Zach Lyons. I am joined by Justin Graver, Titans Film Room, and I am joined by Rob Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway, who's actually posting a article tomorrow called Terrible Twitter Takes. It's going to be great. I'm sure about 13 of you will be on there, even though we only have 10 spots. That's just how he rolls. Welcome into the most accurate fantasy football podcast hosted by three guys when one of them is in a gray shirt and the other one is in a Texas Longhorn shirt. Let's go around the room. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We had some awesome preseason action to watch, and now we get to talk about my favorite position, wide receiver tonight. I'm doing great. I am missing Ryan, though. We, we are missing Ryan. He is having technical difficulties. It's okay. I know he's going to apologize like 13 times throughout the week for something that's really out of his control, so I don't know why he's apologizing. Just do who he is. He's got a good heart. Greenlaw, do you? two questions. Do you have a good heart, and are you concerned about tonight and us slandering Jamar Chase? I mean, I'm not so worried about it. What was the first part of the question? Do I have a what? Uh, do you have a good heart? Like Ryan. Oh, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't apologize for that. But it's probably his fault because it's it, he didn't kill enough raccoons. But they ate through his, you know, the the fiber basically is what what happened there. So get rid of those raccoons, Ryan, and you'll have internet in no time. He did well, say like he we, tried to fix I it mean, by just staring at it, which I don't know how yeah. that's ever going to. Classic fix Ryan. Classic yeah, it's his go-to. So. We are brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. And guess what? For all you flexors out there that are listening, that are watching, we have something to give to you. Out of the kindness of our hearts, in addition to all the accurate fantasy advice that we give you that can win your league if you listen to it to a T, we are giving you 50% off at shop.broadwaysportsmedia.com. Use code FLEX15. Get 15% off any merchandise in the Broadway shop. We have shirts. In fact, we just got our own shirt, the FLEX. Put it up. There it is. Put it on your chest. If you are one of those people that wants it on your back, put it on your back. I don't know if that's an option, but you can do it. Listen, we got the Tulio Jones shirt, and we have the white. It's kind of a plain shirt. It looks very much like Hang 10. We may want to fix that. Um, Oh, please. This is one of my favorites. It's just very plain. I mean, is it, is it comfortable? It's oh, very. It's so I have the sweatshirt. Okay, yeah, if it's Rob comfortable, then that. it's if it's comfortable, then it's way different than Hangton. I have so, this in white and black. That's how much I love it. Seems very excessive, but I like it because it's a, it's a personal story attached to the memorabilia. You know, to the merchandise. You need it. It's very soft. Buy it. You may not like the design, but that's okay. It's soft. Buy it. It's good on the nips. Okay, so we are going to get into right now, we're talking about wide receivers, buds. It's probably, I think it's your all's two favorite topic to talk about is the wide receivers. And we and I feel like it's our weakest, you know, I don't know. Something about today I wasn't really feeling. 
I'm a, I'm a running back guy. I used to play running back in college. I was horrible. Missed missed 13,000 assignments and and never really got a touchdown. So, but I still like running backs. I think running backs are the way to go. So, here we go. The wide receiver room we are avoiding. This means that pretty much there is no value found here. And it's a whole team. You're you're just wiping out and ethering a whole team. Just napalm bombing the shit out of some team. So <laughs> I did that with the Raiders last week. So I'm not choosing the Raiders this week. And none of us are choosing the wait Raiders. But I would I think we'd be remiss not to get one shot in on the Raiders. The Raiders wide receiver room sucks. Don't draft any wide let draft Darren Waller. That is it. Any hey, did you see? Did you see Hunter Renfro apparently mossing Jalen Ramsey in practice? Yeah, but that's easy. Like, Jalen <laughs> Ramsey, I mean, come on. I know Titans fans love him because he's, like, born and bred in Tennessee, but if you are if if you're if you are getting ran over by Hunter Renfro, your career's dead. Greenlaw. Wow. That's true. No, I, I agree. I'm staying away from everyone except for Waller on that team. And another team we talked about last week is the Giants. I'm, we're not talking about them this week, but I would stay away from everybody went. on that team. I almost well, went with the Giants. I think it's hard to go to the Giants. You got Kenny Galladay. Okay, Sucks. he may not stay healthy, but when he is healthy, he's good. Darius Slayton is good. I mean, if our boy Ryan Watson was here, he'd be defending Darius Slayton all day. That's one of his boys. Sterling Shepard's not bad as a three. Eh, I kind of think the wide receivers we're going to talk about are probably worse, so let's go to Justin. Justin, who is your team? that you are not drafting one wide receiver from. My pick here is the Detroit Lions, who I just think this entire wide receiver room is disgusting. There is one pass catcher on this team that I think you should be trying to target in fantasy drafts, and that's tight end TJ Hawkinson, just because there's no one else here to catch passes. It's kind of like Darren Waller in, in with the Raiders. Like You want to target those teams that don't have wide receivers when you're looking at a tight end. So... They just don't have wide receivers. I mean, their highest, the wide receiver right now they have that's being drafted the highest is Amon Ross St. Brown, a fourth round rookie who the Titans should have drafted, who is just, I mean, he's a fourth round rookie. He's not the most explosive player. He's a little bit smaller. He's got a, he's got a decent body, but he's like six foot slot type profile. We got Tyrell Williams, who Mike Herndon famously used to call tall Taewon Taylor because he runs straight down the field and can't catch the ball. And that's pretty much who Brashad Perriman is too. So I feel like, those two guys are going to cancel each other out. The, the only saving grace in this group is how late they're all going and that like it wouldn't wreck your draft if you did take a chance on one of these guys. But I just feel like there's so many other players at the back end of the draft that I want to take a chance on that don't have Jared Goff throwing them the ball. Jared Goff last year was the fifth lowest average intended air yards per target. So his passes downfield, it's like six point two yards intended air yards per target everyone in the league was higher than that except for drew Brees and alex smith meanwhile matthew stafford was all the way up at 8.7 intended air yards per target with the lions last year so this offense with this new quarterback is gonna look totally different i think the lions are trying to lose so they can get a better quarterback because jared goff is terrible i don't believe in dan campbell i'm out on the lions except for tj hawkinson whoa you don't believe in dan campbell that's the most egregious thing i feel like he said (laughs) dan campbell's legit i'm all for biting kneecaps i just don't know he drinks like a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day 
at I mean, least. You guys are related in that way. That's what you do. <laughs> you are all about the caffeine too. I can't. I can't believe that uh, you wouldn't. You know, side with Dan Campbell. Look. Obviously, the fantasy community agrees with you if you're talking about wide receiver 69, wide receiver 84, and wide receiver 86. That is a good sign. You know what this is a good sign about? Avoid Jared Goff. Yeah. Almost you should really, that sign right there is something that tells you avoid the Lions offense. Avoid DeAndre Swift because if these wide receivers are trending that direction, this is the faith level that the fourth round rookie is the best wide receiver on this team with the most upside, then that means that maybe TJ Hawkinson isn't getting any, any, or is going to get more coverage than what he's used to seeing. That means that you have uh, DeAndre Swift and the Jamal Williams seen more uh, defenders in the box. You got to remember Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones were the top two wide receivers announced Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyrell Williams. I mean, it's not great. Greenlaw, any objections to this being the worst one? No, and you also have Goff going from an offense with McVay where he was super quarterback friendly, and now he's going to the Anthony Lynn offense where we know Anthony Lynn loves to run the ball, and I can't imagine they're going to be very effective at, at all. So, yeah, I'd stay away from this whole team. Well, Greenlaw, while while we got you, let's go into who you picked. Who did you pick? Sure. So I picked the Minnesota Vikings, and it's not from a talent perspective, but they all – so Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Sheldon Richardson, Dalvin Cook, and there's one other one I'm forgetting, are not getting the COVID vaccine. That's a big problem. This team is going to have a huge risk all year of getting COVID and so because of that, some of, the, some of these guys are getting drafted a little bit too high anyway. Je- Jefferson at wide receiver, receiver seven is a little high. Adam Thielen at 18 is a little high too. So there's guys going around Jefferson and Thielen right now that I'd much rather have. Uh, Tyler Lockett's going after Adam Thielen right now. A.J. Brown's going after Justin Jefferson. I'd rather have both of those players over these guys because there's always injury risk in the NFL, but to have this added COVID risk is is something I'm going to try to stay away from. So in, while they're still good players, and if they drop down to like that next tier, like if Justin Jefferson's available as a wide receiver too, I'm going to take him. But in that wide receiver one range, I'm going to stay away because I, I know there's better options available. Well, it's mm-hmm. like it's like drafting a – basically drafting someone from this team, in my opinion, is pretty much like saying – I don't know how to swim, but I'm going to jump in this deep end. Like, you know that there is a high chance that someone is going to come into con. See, here's the things that people don't understand right. about this outbreak, right? The The protocols say that if Kirk Cousins were to go to church, which he's prone to do, and there is someone there that is unvaccinated, he goes in a protocol. Like, that takes time away. That goes for anybody. If anybody ten days, yeah, they, they have to miss ten days. It's crazy. I mean, it's ten, yeah, it's that's the key to fantasy football. It's not that oh, well, if you're vaccinated, oh, well, you can still test positive, or if you're unvaccinated, you know, you can still test positive, obviously. But it's the fact that no matter where you go, if the NFL finds out that you went somewhere and there was an unvaccinated person that tested positive for COVID. You're screwed for 10 days, and you screwed your team out for one week. And then there's close contacts, right? And so if Kirk Cousins goes, you know, if his wife uh, 
test positive, right? Then obviously he should tell the team or the team should know, which means that if he handed a ball to Dalvin Cook the previous day, he's probably a close contact. So that takes out Dalvin Cook. If he throws the ball, he's probably a close contact. Like it's wild what is going on in Minnesota. I I thought that nothing could top Cole Beasley, right? But then you look at what's going down in, in freaking Minnesota and you're thinking, what in the world are you guys doing? It's Kirk Cousins. I, I don't I don't know what you do if you're the Vikings. What do you do if you're Mike Zimmer and all this stuff? I feel like Mike Zimmer is on the verge of just straight up quitting, resigning. Like seriously. He, he seems so flustered and frustrated by how bad his defense is, how much his quarterbacks don't care about getting the vaccine and all this. I mean, like you named them all Greenland, all of his the best players except for Jefferson have not gotten vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's like and his little like halftime speed or interview he gave during the preseason game last week, where he's just like, we can't tackle. We, we are missing blocks where you can't complete passes. Like it's just like this, 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 this. But other than that, everything's great. It's like, okay, everything doesn't sound great at all. Everything sounds and imagine terrible. if, uh, yes, they are the team that fired a coach for not getting vaccinated. They probably wish they could fire the players, but they can't because like we said, it's all of their best players. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like you said, Zach, it, if Kirk Cousins has to sit out, then it's Kellen Mond as the quarterback. That tanks every single person on this offense's fantasy value. Like, that's not a situation you want to be in. So, yeah, I again, I'm staying away from this this group. It, it seems like it's going to be a nightmare all year. Well, there's plenty of rooms that I would avoid in the AFC South, but I would like to focus on the Colts because it's time to bring them back down to earth. Because let me tell you something. The only wide receiver you should even sniff at drafting is Michael Pittman in the ninth round. That's it. There is nothing else to this wide receiver room that you want to touch. But here's the problem. It's not just the wide receiver is the issue. It's the quarterback issue. Carson Wentz, injured. Also, we could safely presume, I feel like he's unvaxxed unless they slipped one in him when he was in surgery. Um. And then you have Sam Erlinger, Erlinger, not, you know, I know we got a Texas fan here, but are we really going to rely on a late round, you know, quarterback pick to really turn this quarterback room and wide receiver room around? And then Jacob Eason, he looked okay, but we're talking against backups, not NFL caliber starters. No scheme on the defensive side, all yeah, play action. It's like, get out of here. You, you can't really trust it. That's why PFF scores in preseason are meaningless. You got to look at snap counts where people are lined up. That's what matters. Listen to F words pod because you guys talked yes, a lot about that. We did talk a lot about that. And here's the thing. Last year with Philip Rivers, who was a much better, 10 times better quarterback than anybody on this Colts roster. The wide receiver group was 26 in touchdowns. They had 11. A.J. Brown had 11 by himself. (laughs) Yeah. They were 26 in receptions and then 22nd in yards per game. They are a run first team. They have bad quarterbacks. And let me say this. Naheem Hines was the most targeted person in the red zone. There, there's nothing redeeming here. It's all projection. Don't 
get in the head. Don't listen to Dan Orlovsky. Don't listen to ESPN. Don't listen to Zach Hicks or Stampede Blue. All the people covering the Colts and looking at the Colts right now are looking at them in Lucas Oil Stadium gear and not even paying attention to what the hell is actually going on and the talent here. And as you can see, I get the gold star again. I just cannot be stopped. I am a freight train. I'm pretty train. sure that's just a Zach Burner account that he made to say Ryan Watson on it. I am a freight <laughs> train just rolling through this podcast collecting gold stars. You might as well call me Super Mario because all I get are stars. So, in saying that, does anybody want to talk about the Colts? Just that they suck and that I don't even know if Michael Pittman's worth drafting in the ninth round, like you said. Yep. Like, even I that, agree. like... He's got to score a lot of touchdowns to pay that off, and I just don't see it happening. Like when they get in the red zone, they're going to pound the ball. They're going to throw it to the tight ends. It's not going to be a wide receiver outside the numbers type of offense. I do yep. see a question out here, and we usually have Q and A at the end. But Samuel Jacobwitz says, "Do you guys have any sleeper wide receivers too? I have a lot of amazing pieces, which maybe he could put those in the chat real quick. However, I'm searching for a wide receiver too. Don't want to give up a lot of my amazing assets to get one." Brandon Cooks is his current wide receiver, too, and we did not talk about the Texans. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, too, seems... If you have these amazing pieces that you claim to have, that seems like a good wide receiver, too. I mean, he's going to get the targets, right? He may not be healthy all year long, but with... He's Will the only Fuller passing gone, option, yeah. Yeah, he's their only passing option. And he, this is a guy who gets 1,000 yards, it feels like, every year out of nowhere. It's like, I feel like everyone always under underrates him. But last year, he had over 1,000 yards. He had over 1,000 yards 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015. I mean, he's only had two years in his career where he didn't. And those were seasons where he didn't play as much. Or in L.A., where he never really found his home as a like primary option in the passing game. But like you said, there's no one else to throw to in Houston. So I actually think he could play pay off a wide receiver two spot um here's the rest of his team i mean that's a really solid team it is 10 man but yeah that's a that's a good enough team i think i, I don't know if it's a good enough 10 man team league that well, that's what i'm looking at like it it's dalvin cook who we know is unvaccinated we just went through that but jonathan taylor who we kind of talked about two weeks ago we're not really high on travis kelsey obviously great daryl henderson obviously really good kyler murray wishwashy he could uh, be a mike yeah, I mean, he's probably good for fantasy purposes, right? Exactly. But he's that Mike Evans, you know, probably pretty good. It's just, it's a lot of ups and downs I feel like you're going to be battling with throughout the whole weekend or th every, week to week. It's not a strong, in my opinion, not a strong team to carry you through the whole year. You may want to trade off someone like Jonathan Taylor to get a, in my opinion, trade him off, get a better running, uh, get a running back and a wide receiver to complement everybody else. Because I think that you're going to end up finding out that Jonathan Taylor in a committee is probably not worth the value of what he is right now. We saw Marlon Mack back this weekend in preseason, and he looked, I mean, I was pretty shocked at how good Marlon Mack looked, considering he's coming off a torn Achilles, which is like one of the worst injuries for movement explosiveness. And like, he this he was the starter before. I mean, obviously Taylor was a rookie, but Mac was the starter. They were he was going to be a big part of that offense if he didn't get hurt in Week One last year. So I, I bet he I could like get. Uh, I bet he could get Antonio Gibson for Taylor plus another piece. Oh, that's probably good. 
Uh, so Samuel, you said, why don't you like Jonathan Taylor? You have to go back to our last podcast to get that. Cause we got to keep moving on, but go back to our last episode of the podcast on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, personally, or YouTube. YouTube, whatever it will be there. We talk about Jonathan Taylor in depth. So let's go to Julio or AJ Brown. And here it is Julio or AJ Brown. And that is the question before us. First off, let's go around the room just real quick. Do you guys think that a team, a fantasy team, could take the risk of drafting one in the second and one in the fourth? So AJ Brown the second, that's his current ADP. Julio Jones in the fourth, that's their current ADP. Could a team be, is that a winning formula for a team? Justin. I don't think so this year. I think you're okay if you say you get Derrick Henry in the first round and you come back and take AJ Brown in the second round or Julio Jones in the fourth round. I feel like you'd be better off that way. But AJ and Julio on the same team, I mean, yeah, you're going to get almost all the Titans passing stats every week. But I also feel like you'll have a handful of weeks where you just get one, like where one of them has a good game, but the other one really lets you down. And if you just diversified a little bit more, you could be saving yourself a, a few headache weeks. Yeah. Okay. Would be, you, you know, if you had Corey Davis and AJ Brown last year on the same team, that probably you're limiting your upside. Basically they were both pretty solid most weeks, but you're, you're again, limiting it. I don't like stacking same position groups from same teams. Uh, like JG said, I would love, you know, Derek Henry with one of those guys, but as far as like, two wide receivers from the same team. I don't like doing that for anyone, much less the Titans who are probably going to be, you know, a little less pass volume than, than some others. Well, uh, we'll talk a little bit. I don't know if AJ Brown is, is worth that much more than Julio Jones in value. Right. I, I kind of find, I, I, it's a hard pill to swallow that if I want to target a Titans player and I can't get Derrick Henry, that um, that I would go AJ Brown in the second versus Hulo Jones in the fourth. I think I would I would take the hit and go Hulo Jones in the fourth. Am I concerned about Hulo Jones pulling a clowny and skipping camp? No, that's what he's done for like the last four or five years. I mean, that's what he's done in Atlanta the whole time. He skipped camp here and there. Now he's not necessarily at his skipping camp. There's a he huge, is, yeah. huge difference. Clowney was not even signed to a roster until September. Julio has been part of the Titans since April or May when they had mini camps, they had OTAs, they have training camp. And even if he's not out on the field, which he was for a little bit, but even if he's not out on the field, he's in the meeting rooms, going through the installs, he's learning how to read certain coverages, what to do against certain looks, that what Tannehill wants him to do getting on the same page. They're having periods off to the side where it's just Tannehill and Julio throwing little end zone corner routes and stuff to get their timing down. Like even though Julio hasn't practiced a lot, this is not even a comparable situation to the clowny stuff. Like it's two well, different and worlds. They're not comparable players, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest here. We, we listen, all three of us, we were big on the Javen clowny hype. Like any normal Titans fan would I be, was. but Julio Jones is, is, far better the better NFL player and the better player at his position in terms of talent, in terms of, I guess, history, you would say, 
accomplishments. It's just not the it's just not the same. I'm not concerned about it at all. I will say this. He's just he's an OG. I mean, that's what um or what they call these G practices or G spots or whatever fucking Pat McAfee said on his podcast, the Ian Rap Report. He said that's all OG stuff. I mean, he's an OG or whatever whatever it was. I mean OG he days. doesn't have to practice. That's that's the whole thing. It's not like Jadavian Clowney. And right. it's not like I I don't feel like Hulu Jones is gonna go out there and let a, a random third string defensive back from the Bengals prevent him from catching a touchdown pass or catching a pass. Whereas Jadavian Clowney got stuffed by everybody on the Bengals offensive line. That was four string. I just not comparable, not a concern. The value to me is with Julio in round four. I think that he's continuing to drop. And I think because of people having concern about his practices, his value continue dropping. You may even be able to get him the fifth or sixth. And yeah, Pass up on AJ Brown at your own peril, and go with Hulu Jones. Just I, I I agree with you in that respect. I'm definitely buying the dip on Julio if he's if he's dropping because people are worried about this injury or whatever. But I still think ultimately AJ Brown is the better option. Like it's a it's a high, you have to spend a high pick. I mean, second round pick is high, and I like to go running back, running back, start my drafts depending on who's on the board, but. AJ Brown is just too good. So I said AJ Brown is the player I'd rather have for fantasy this year. Uh, this guy has nine catches of 50 plus yards since the start of 2019, which is the most in the NFL. Last year, I just tweeted this out, but last year, 35 players saw more targets than AJ Brown, and only four players scored more receiving touchdowns than AJ Brown. He is a touchdown machine. He's a big play machine, tackle breaking machine. So I just think that he scores more touchdowns and touchdowns are so important for fantasy. And I don't think it's fluky. I think he's just a really skilled player who's hard to tackle, who makes a lot of big plays and is a good red zone weapon. So, well, I think Julio is probably going to be a beast still. You do have to maybe worry about him missing a game or two here or there throughout the year. And I really think the not scoring as many touchdowns thing, while that could be just an Atlanta thing, it could change coming here with Tannehill as his quarterback. But we know for sure that Tannehill and AJ Brown have that red zone connection. And I see this comment here about Ferkser. I agree. Ferkser will be a big weapon in the red zone, but he's not, I mean, I don't think he's going to eat into AJ Brown. Ferkser was here last year. I don't, and no, so was he's got to eat up the, time. yeah, he's got to eat up the Johnny touchdowns before he gets into the AJ ones. Yeah. Well, Greenlaw, where do you stand on the whole thing? You're, I'm you're going AJ, AJ Brown. Brown. Too, right? Yeah, I am. Uh, like JG said, I just believe in his ability to stay healthier a little bit more. Um, he's super efficient. He he saw more than 10 targets one time last year. Uh, Julio saw that over, I think, half of his games uh, last year. So he's going to have, you know, really good production on, you know, eight or nine targets a game, maybe. And if they increase his volume, I, I would see him definitely in the, you know, top five wide receivers instead of top, I think he was top, uh, 12 last year. So right. he's super efficient. I, I have no problem taking him as my wide receiver one, especially and in the first round. I'm good with that too. Nothing against Julio. Like you said, if I miss out on AJ, I'm going to try to get Julio in, in the fourth or in the fifth or in the sixth, wherever he ends up being. But if I had to pick one of them based off of value, I'm going to go AJ. Let me ask you guys this before we go up to our next, next one. Do you guys feel that Julio Jones could be a, 
a wide receiver one fantasy year with the Tennessee Titans, or is that just a non-starter for you? It's possible. I mean, if if he like, scores a lot it, of touchdowns. Give me a percentage. 25%. Look, uh, the Seahawks supported the Seahawks offense last year supported two top 10 wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think they were wide receiver and wide receiver eight respectively. So if, if the Seahawks offense can do it, I mean, I think the Titans passing volume is going to be way lower. So that's, that's where it gets tough. But if, if you take seven of those John New Smith touchdowns and give them to Julio, I mean, it's definitely possible. That's true. I would, I would put it at like 10%. I don't see it really happening, but I could definitely see Julio being like a mid-tier wide receiver too. Yeah. Well, let's go into this. It's it's great that that we can actually. Last year we were saying, well, isn't it great that we have one wide receiver in like the top, you know, something discussion and mm-hmm. AJ Brown and Derek Hen- and that we had Derek Henry as well and Johnny Smith and Ryan Tannehill. They were all fantasy guys. Now we have Julio and AJ Brown, two wide receivers. It's totally totally crazy. Um, this year's. Justin Jefferson, and I'm going to start us off. This is a rookie wide receiver that is going to bl- that could win you a league because right now all the wide receivers in the uh, draft for fantasy drafts are kind of going with really good value. And Jalen Waddle, not because he's Alabama, but because he's talented, is my Justin Jefferson for this year. He is going wide receiver 45, which is going in the ninth round, which I feel like doesn't add up in my head, but apparently that is what Fantasy Pros is saying. 107 overall, according to Fantasy Pros PPR. And and here is where you need to be looking. Tua targeted the slot 40% of his throws in college and at 12 yards per attempt. As a rookie quarterback, he targeted the slot 39% of his passes, but 6.5 yards per attempt. So 1% difference, but double the difference in yardage. And that difference comes down to Jalen Waddle, his new teammate. In college, Jalen Waddle was able to get 68% of his snaps in the slot. So he was to a slot guy. There is a comfort level there. As unmatched in the NFL between a, and I'll, I'll say it, even including Jamar Chase and even including Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, it's a comfort level because it's where he targets, right? That is where Tua looks to first. And right now, you know, Jalen Waddle was on pace to crush the yardage total by Heisman winner Devontae Smith through. The first four weeks before his injury is 557 yards to 483 for Devontae Smith. Not only that, we've already seen him involved in the offense for Miami in the first preseason game, but more importantly in the first preseason game, they have decided to use him in the punt returns and special teams. And that is super important if you're in a league that gives punt return touchdowns. That is a hidden gem. And you have have to take that into account you have to take his special team's ability to get you a touchdown into account and just so you guys know that he averaged 21.1 yards per reception in college 68 percent from the slot he's explosive it's going to be really hard for slot corners to really keep up with his deep speed and his athletic ability 
this is the guy, this is the next Justin Jefferson. You make a great case. I think Jalen Waddell is a super exciting player. I mean, all the highlights that we're seeing coming out of training camp and Tua's getting all the hype. I'm buying in too. I think that there's a lot of good options that, as far as rookie receivers go, and Jalen Waddell's definitely one of them. It is funny that it probably never happened before that all of our guys you know, played with their current quarterback in college. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, let's go to Justin. Who is your guy? All righty. My guy is the Heisman Trophy winner himself, the Slim Reaper, Devontae Smith. I just it's a good, love best watching. Best nickname in America. Best nickname. It is unbelievable nickname and an unbelievable player. I mean, best college wide receiver ever? Maybe. He, he was an absolute machine at Alabama also, and – Former teammates, like you just mentioned, with his quarterback now, Jalen Hurts, who apparently everyone in the locker room in Philadelphia says he is our guy. So I don't know what this Nick Sirianni charade is about a QB battle going on there. It's obvious that Jalen Hurts is going to be their quarterback. And one area Jalen Hurts could stand to show some improvement this year is his deep passing game. Well, enter Devontae Smith, who last year was the best player in college football as a deep target. He had 28 targets, which was tied for seventh, but 15 receptions tied for first, 589 receiving yards tied for first, and eight receiving touchdowns tied for first on deep targets. He's also a yak beast. He led college football in yards after catch last year at any position ahead of Travis Etienne and Namari Rogers and some other guys that no one's ever heard of, so I'm not going to name them, but 300 yards more than the next closest guy in terms of yak. So, Screens at the line of scrimmage, yak. Deep target, he's an incredible ball tracker, and he just has an uncanny ability to just, like, snatch the ball. His catch radius is insane. He's he's slender, he's small, he looks tiny. Like, it doesn't even look like he's wearing shoulder pads when he's on the field. Like, I feel like he's going to break in half, but he's never had an injury problem in his college career, so I don't really expect that to be a thing in the NFL. I know he's dealing with some stuff right now, but Nick Sirianni said there's a chance he could play in tomorrow night's preseason game. I doubt we'll see him, to be honest, but... Would be cool just to see him out there running around. But it, the fact that those reports are coming out now tells me he's going to be absolutely fine for week one. So I'm not worried about it at all. Going as wide receiver 31 right now, I'm mean, 75 overall. It's like sixth, seventh, maybe even eighth round if people are sleeping on him. I think that's such a good range to draft someone. You can stash him on your bench. He may not be a wide receiver one in week one, but by the end of the season, I feel like he's going to be an every week starter. He's just going to be, he's, I feel like he's a lock for 100 plus targets this year. Whew, that is a. I mean, that that's a bold claim. I mean, I Who's don't disagree. Who's going to take the target? I don't disagree, <laughs> but that that's just it's crazy to think that this guy will be able to go a full seventeen games without some problems. Greenlaw, Homer pick. Here we go. Laid on us. Your pick. My pick, like Zach's pick, is a guy that you know went to a school that I root for. His name's Jamar Chase. He's playing with Joe Burrow, his college quarterback. Went. As the first wide receiver, even though he did, he sat out all of last year. Um, AJ Green in this Bengals offense had over a hundred targets, and I mean he was AJ Green was terrible, but now those targets are going to Jamar Chase, the now wide receiver one. So you go from you know carcass of a human being AJ uh, AJ Green to now Jamar Chase getting these targets. He's played with Burrow. He wins. He wins wherever you line him up. He's very similar to Devonta Smith, except he's a little bit more physical, but very similar where you can kind of line him up wherever and they're going to win. Um, T. Higgins and Joe Burrow last year 
having not played together at all before the rookie season, uh, the eight weeks they played together, T. Higgins was uh, a wide receiver one. I imagine Jamar Chase is going to be a very solid, if not high-end wide receiver two this year, um, A hundred lock for 100 targets. Uh, they're going to pass the ball a lot because, you know, they're going to be down. And But I, I love this reunion between Chase and Burrow. I like – all of our all of our picks on on these wide receivers, I think they all have uh, massive opportunity in in year one to make an impact. Last year, are you last worried? Year felt like Ceedee Lamb and a couple guys were. Uh, thank you, Ryan. It's obviously not Zach Burr. Post what? that up on the screen. I said Ryan gave me the gold star. Gold star. So uh, it's not a Zach Burr. Oh, ah. It's not. Or maybe Thank he's just you, trying Ryan. to throw off the scent by giving it <laughs> to you this time. If Zach wins, we'll know. <laughs> be the, hey, listen, I am unstoppable. Like, this this is just a speed bump in the road to victory. <laughs> Are you worried at all about this report that he's not really separating very well? Or another report I saw on Fantasy Pros today that no. said, T. Higgins is the Bengals wide receiver one. That's what it said on Fantasy Pros no. today. I'm not buying the separation thing because that's really not how Jamar won in college either. And I know Steven Ruiz put out something today about arm length and all this stuff. And that might be the case for like the, the wide, you know, that he, Jamar Chase is an outlier. He wins no matter what. Uh, he might be six foot tall, but he plays like he's six five. Um, he has a really great ability to box out the defensive back when he, when he's high pointing the ball. So, I really don't have problems with him separating, not worried about it. And Steven Ruiz thinks that uh, Ryan Tannehill and Daniel Jones are the same player. So really, <laughs> let's not listen to him. Well, oh. let's – oh, go ahead. I was just saying, the only thing, the reason that I ultimately went with Devontae Smith here over your guys' picks is just I feel like at target competition-wise, like Devontae Smith is cl- the clear – top guy on his team whereas i don't know what the deal with will fuller is right now and i don't know what the deal with Devontae parker is either because both those guys are always hurt so jalen waddle could be the, the top guy but it's not clear right now and then in cincinnati it's even the the least amount of clear clarity where t higgins is a really good player and so he and jamar could be like a 1a 1b situation there well here's the sure. thing i will say to you if you're looking strictly at wide receivers and you're correct but if you're looking, including tight ends and other pass catchers I think Devontae Smith drops way down. And not just Goddard, but we already heard that Goddard and Ertz are getting the majority of looks thrown to them first. Whereas Tua is going to look at Jalen Waddle first because it's habit. Just always habit. And I, like I will say hurts. that Jamar Chase is probably I think you're I think you tried to come back to try to get a gold star from Ryan, but is already. Oh, I don't care about yet. Ryan's gold. Yeah, he stars. did try that. It was gross. Yeah. Tyler Boyd, just so everyone gross. knows, had 110 targets last year for the Bengals too. So they had three guys that would have had over they 100 the targets in that offense. Number one pass rate team with the highest pass rate of any team in the league yeah. last year. So, Well, Greenlaw, we are going to stick with you as you are the gold star star winner. And we are going to go to making the leap. What wide receiver is going to make that leap into wide receiver one territory? I got scary Terry. He was wide receiver 20 last year, and that was with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins. Now he he gets, you know, Fitzmagic, going to throw the ball all over the yard. Uh, 
there there is some competition this year with some added pass catchers with uh, Curtis Samuel, and we think that uh, Antonio Gibson is going to get some more uh, pass catching opportunities as well. But he had almost 15 points per game last year, and he's averaging under uh, nine yards or nine uh, targets per game. So there's a lot of room for growth. You know, they were trying to shield the passing game away from Haskins and Smith. So I, I see more, you know, downfield opportunity for Terry this year. And I think he could sneak or make that jump from wide receiver 20 to a wide receiver one. Yeah, I, I definitely, he, he would have been my pick if uh, he wouldn't already claimed. I, I thought that Justin had claimed him first. So I kind of backed off, but uh, I guess you guys did some behind the scenes dealings and left me out in the cold. I don't really appreciate <laughs> it, but that would have been definitely my pick. So I have no quarrels or disagreements with you on this. JG, what do you have to add? Well, I, I love Terry McLaurin and he was, I just love this range of receivers to be honest. So the guy I'm going to say, the guy you're going to say, Zach and McLaurin, I think are all great picks in this range. I, I mean, I would take them in back to back rounds if they were all available or I, I mean, I would even, start taking them in round three and then take them around three, round four, round five, round six. I mean, history shows that the optimal time to draft wide receivers is rounds three through round six. Those are the guys that consistently make the leap that, that prove to be league winners. So absolutely love Terry McLaurin. I mean, the quarterback upgrade alone should result in, in him jumping, making that jump. And he would finish wide receiver 20 last year. So even if like he doesn't jump that much, he's still a bona fide wide receiver two at, worse i mean that's the total worst case scenario so i think you're looking at a definitely top 12 receiver this year all right well justin while we got you here what who is your making the leap candidate my pick here is the most obvious pick i could have possibly made since we've started season two of the flex here it is the first team all hype wide receiver C.D. Lamb. I mean, is anyone getting more hype right now than C.D. Lamb? I don't think so. Amari Cooper, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Johnson's getting a lot of hype. (laughs) Okay. There's been a lot of Jalen Rager hype, too. I don't know if you've seen that recently. Yeah, you made a nice one-handed catch. I'm not impressed, Jalen Rager. (laughs) Just because the clip hasn't been set to music yet, but when that clip gets set to music, (laughs) you're in. I saw a whole compilation of Jalen Rager highlights with music, and I was like, but Devontae Smith is not practicing, so none of this matters yet. Anyway, C.D. Lamb. Dak Prescott, apparently he's fine. He's like throwing again or something. He's totally fine. I said it last week. I said it two weeks ago. Whenever I talked about Dak Prescott, I'm buying the dip. We're still a few weeks from the start of the season. I'm not worried about the quarterback here. I just think C.D. Lamb's ready to be the guy who like is a total superstar receiver. He's got the star on his helmet, so you know he's going to get the the publicity that comes with it. And because of that, you may have to pay up a little bit to get him because of what's happening on hard knocks. You may have to pay up a little bit to get him. But I just don't think you can go wrong with this this guy. I mean, he's just a playmaker. He catches everything that, that comes his way. I think he's going to score a lot more touchdowns this year, which is going to see his fantasy value vault up. And I think you're looking at a guy who's just going to be like a first-round fantasy pick for the rest of his career. I would like to throw in, content, in, in some contention. I object to this pick. Because object you currently, away, I objected. Because we're talking about people that are making the leap to wide receiver one, and he's being drafted like a wide receiver one. Well, yeah, defend but he yourself was, for this I easy mean, pick. 
Harry McLaurin is being drafted as hey, a ignore it. Ignore no, it. No, I don't. I didn't read it. I didn't have time to read, so we cannot go back. We're talking about guys. Yeah. Your guys not. We're talking about guys yeah, who were wide receiver guy. twos <laughs> last year. Wide receiver twenty two overall last year. So he was not. He's never been a wide receiver one in fantasy. Terry McLaurin's never been a wide receiver one in fantasy. These guys are making the leap to wide receiver one status. Yes, people are projecting that with their draft position of him, but. For good reason. I mean, this guy's going to be a stud. I'm fine taking him right where he's going. I'm fine reaching for him a little bit, taking him over to like Justin Jefferson and some other players that scare me a little bit. But um, I just love CD Lamb. Yeah. I mean, if it, Dak and is I'm healthy, wearing this, I would be shocked. Yeah, I would be shocked that he's not a wide receiver one if Dak's healthy the whole year. I feel I'm like you're kind of a faux. Te- I feel like you're a faux Texas fan. No, no. I just, lo- <laughs> I just really. I mean, CD was my number one wide receiver last year. Obviously, Justin Jefferson should have been, but I mean. As far as like who the other guys that got drafted highly, like Jalen Rager and who who were like the really high picks, like they all busted. Didn't Brandon Ayuk, uh, who was actually pretty good, but still, he's good. I like him as a fantasy option too. By the way, if we're talking about sleeper wide receiver twos, no Mr. Henry Ruggs. Ugh, yeah, ugh, no way. Well, yeah, well, exactly. You know, we'll go to my pick. And Ryan, if you're listening, I obviously, you know, I took the tougher road to get to the wide receiver <laughs> one. I didn't take little handouts like these two guys. So Chase Claypool is my guy, and he is wide receiver 26 currently, and he's going in the sixth round. And let me say something. I know that everybody's down on Big Ben because he's a fat piece of shit, but (laughs) I have to say that his fantasy performance last year was based on the predictability of Randy Fichtner and his offense. You can ask almost any Steelers fan. I've seen it everywhere. Canada is coming in. They're invading Pittsburgh, and they're going to bring this offense back to life. going to be less predictable. They had no running game last year. That didn't help at all. So I think you're going to see vintage Big Ben, not in the bathrooms or anything, but you're going to see good Big Ben and fantasy points. And I will say this. Chase Claypool led all rookies with 11 touchdowns, total touchdowns, nine receiving, two rushing, which is very important because he's getting balls on end arounds and stuff. And yes, Najee Harris is there, but they're still going to be an unpredictable offense. 36 deep targets were thrown to Chase Claypool. That is important because Juju and Deontay Johnson combined for 38. He had 36 himself. This guy's the deep threat. If you're looking for a leap candidate, much like how DK Metcalf made the leap in the top 10, and he was getting drafted in probably the fourth round, fifth round last year, here's your guy. Chase Claypool's making that leap. He is the guy that you need to be targeting. The sixth round is nothing. I targeted him in the 15th round and the 16th round of some drafts last year because I was all about some Chase Claypool on on this fantasy podcast last year. Everything about Chase Claypool is everything you want in a wide receiver. He's tall, he's thick with four C's, and he has athletic ability out the ass. This is the guy that you want. I think there's a good chance. Drafted as a wide receiver three just off the top. That kind of shocked me. Is that high or low to you? It seems low. I thought he'd be drafted as a wide receiver too. I don't. I mean, I I feel like people are justifiably worried that 
Ben Roethlisberger cannot throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field. Like, I think that's a justifiable worry. And that but is a reason. But even if they can't, he was still wide receiver two last year. He, he, well, he finished wide receiver 23 last year. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. That's just inside the wide receiver. Just just sneaking in there. Played and all 16 Deontay games. Deontay Johnson still, can't catch, and Juju's a beta. So this drops is McGee. Yeah, this is Claypool's uh, job to lose here. I don't know what Cody you laughed at, but we made Cody oh, laugh. My, definitely my big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh... Yeah, it was. If, <laughs> if Roethlisberger and Matt Canada don't get into a fight this year, I'll be very surprised. Canada is like notorious for not being the most likable guy in the world. So those two, I'm sure, will butt heads a couple times. Well, as yeah. we wait for Ryan Watson to give us the gold star, we're going to move on to the next target and or the next topic. And that topic is the other guys. Because I'm a peacock, you gotta let me fly. These are the guys that have not, that are just kind of being underappreciated. But these are the guys that, if their wide receiver one counterpart is off the draft boards, you want to target. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, so, wow. We're live, folks. Sorry. Yeah, say sorry. <laughs> and, you know, deal with it. Be adults. People cough. Um, I'm going with Tyler Lockett. How has this guy continued to get disrespected year after year after year when he is the best wide receiver on his own team? We'll get to my grief with DK Metcalf right now, but you're talking about Tyler Lockett, who's getting drafted in the fifth round. That is insane. You're talking about a guy that's being drafted as wide receiver 20, who was 2020, wide receiver 8, 2019, wide receiver 13, 2018, wide receiver 16. He's actually gotten better every year. Even though DK, DK Metcalf existed, he still has improved his stats. And this is a, an entirely new offense that is fast, up-tempo, it's complicated, which hurts everything about DK Metcalf because he is, he is while he can run fast in a straight line, he, he's not up-tempo. This benefits Tyler Lockett. I know that Tyler Lockett, you know, ran 75% of his snaps in the slot. But here's the key. This is the key that you guys got to be looking at when you're looking at players and looking at their value. He's missed one game in six seasons as an NFL pro. Invaluable. I don't care about his consistency. I know that some people, you know, dock him points because he's kind of inconsistent week to week. But when you're available, that matters. And so right now, I think when this offense that is coming, Tyler Lockett is going to be the biggest beneficiary, not DK Metcalf, who's being grossly overhyped in ADPs, which we'll talk to you later. It is Tyler Lockett all day long. Yeah. Anybody anybody got anything to add? I mean, the fact that he's being drafted as wide receiver 20 right now is criminal. I mean, you just read off where he's finished. He hasn't finished low as that low in year, years, at least three years. It's just crazy that people see his name and they're like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good, but I'm going to pass on him for somebody who's like has an upside. We're all, we all love upside. And like, yeah, Tyler Lockett's not the most consistent player, but he, he, he's guaranteed to have a random three touchdown week at least once every year. I feel like we hyped him up big last year in the preseason as well and we were very right about that so props to us good job flexers and well, i mean, I mean just looking right. I mean, we are we are the most accurate fantasy football podcast hosted by three guys in their own 
rooms with different whatever the hell Zach said at the time. Um, but yeah, 50 overall. I mean, if you end up going with like a tight end early and you stack running backs early, you don't get like an early wide receiver. Like he could be your wide receiver one at 50 overall. It's crazy mm-hmm. that he's going so late. I think last year we were talking about him and Robert Woods as guys that we were really happy with as high-end wide receiver twos, fringe wide receiver ones. And, you know, Lockett ended up being that guy. I don't know why he's being drafted at, you know, wide receiver 20. That's crazy. I I would absolutely take him as a fringe wide receiver one all day. Okay, so let's move to Robert Greenlaw. Robert, who is your other guy? Who's your peacock? Guy has been forgotten a little bit. Uh, Chris Godwin. He was, you know, all the rage a couple of years ago, um, but now he's behind Mike Evans. They got Antonio Brown uh, there too. It's a little bit crowded, but even with all that, you know, overcrowding of the of the room, he was wide receiver fifteen when he played last year. So he was wide receiver thirty one overall, but his his points per game made him wide receiver fifteen. So if he stays healthy. He's going to be a really, really solid wide receiver, too. And that was with Antonio Brown on the team. That was with Mike Evans healthy. So Mike Evans might be the big red zone guy, but Godwin's still going to get a, his fair share of uh, targets. So I, I, I like the pick here. I, and, you know, wide receiver 16, I think that's about where he should go. I'm wondering, like, all those Mike Evans one-yard touchdown catches he's had, he had last yeah. year, right? That's either, like, a very, like, specific, intentional game plan thing that is set to repeat or it's like a very fluky unrepeatable thing that is set to regress to the to the mean and and someone else is going to score those and it felt like so. it also felt like some games mike evans would have like literally one catch one target for one touchdown one like touchdown. that's what it felt like every single like that it felt like that almost every week for mike evans so honestly between the two of them evans i don't know what his adp is right now but i'm sure it's higher than higher. than godwin's i would you know, wide receiver about this 13, with, yeah, 37 overall. We're talking about this with AJ Brown or yeah, AJ Brown and Julio. I think if the same question was posed, I'd take Godwin just because of the value there. I'd 100% take Godwin because Antonio Brown is going to eat into those red zone touchdowns because you got to remember Antonio Brown wasn't available for a good chunk of the year and then he was being brought in. That's where my Mike Evans. Listen, Mike Evans is one of those guys that everybody counts out year after year, and he still somehow gets a thousand yards and, you know, almost double digit touchdowns every year. I mean, he's just, it seems like he's inevitable. <laughs> but yeah. the Thanos uh, I of think, wide receivers. Yeah. But I think Antonio Brown, a full season of Antonio Brown, a full season of healthy Chris Godwin is going to really hurt. I, this is kind of a. I go with uh, Chris Godwin, but I think Antonio Brown is kind of the sleeper of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the people that I want to target. We Let's move into now evaluating value because that's the whole shtick oh, of the whole episode, the theme. I didn't do mine. Oh, you didn't do I yours? Didn't. The other guy? You didn't do your peacock? I'm sorry. No. Let your peacock, peacock fly. I tried to, I know, try we're to gauge running, I your peacock. I'll make it quick, okay? Because we did mention him briefly already. It's Robert Woods, and I'm also picking Cooper Cup because he looks I'm really picking that there. By the way, in that picture, you can look... find a better a... picture. No, he, that's his headshot. He's got a thick head because he's tough, and he doesn't go down easy. And last year, average intended air yards. I brought this stat up off the top when I was talking about the Lions. Jared Goff, 
7.1 yards per target in the air for Robert Woods last year. I think that that's going to go way up with Stafford. You're going to see a lot more downfield passes. You're going to see Robert Woods in that cro deep crosser role, deep post role of Sean McVay's offense and that play action game. And Stafford's ability to manipulate defenses with his eyes and just be aggressive targeting downfield is just going to be a boost to all of the LA wide receivers. And I feel like Jared Goff is like, nobody thinks Jared Goff is good, but he's still overrated. Like people don't realize how bad he is and how good Stafford is. So, you know, we, we mentioned earlier, he finished wide receiver 14 last year. It was a really solid wide receiver too. He took a huge jump, uh, two touchdowns in 2019, talked about it last year, how he was due to, to aggress upward to the mean. He scored six touchdowns last year through the air, another two on the ground. I think that that's going to continue, you know, to increase with a better quarterback, more red zone production. Their starting running back is hurt. So they may not rely on the running game in the red zone as much. See some of those little screen tunnel screens, bubble screens for Robert Woods. So those end arounds that he's taken into the end zone before. I'm on him again. It's just this is the range, you know, rounds three through six. Just draft every receiver that you can in that range. Love it. I have no quarrels. Do you have any arguments, uh, Greenlaw? Then let's talk nope. about evaluating value because it, it really matters. And something that we talked about in our group chat when preparing for the show and looking at these ADPs was the disparity. Yeah. between Marvin Jones and where he's being drafted versus someone like DK Metcalf versus where he's being drafted. So, Justin, let's talk about Marvin Jones and where he's being drafted. He's basically free right now. I mean, 129 overall, 12th round of your drafts. Like, what what are we doing, guy? This guy's going to be a flexible option almost every single week. He could be even better than that. Wide receiver two territory. I a lot of people are big on DJ Chark. There's a lot of talk about LaVisca Chenault and Travis Etienne being a pass catcher, but like I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into a rookie coming in and taking a lot of target share. DJ Chark's been injured. It's a new staff, a new quarterback, and a new wide receiver one. Marvin Jones is capable of being a wide receiver one. He was wide receiver 18 with Stafford in in Detroit last year. I don't know if he's going to be wide receiver 18 with a rookie quarterback throwing his way, but I do think the Jaguars defense is still going to be really, really bad. They're still going to need to, to pass the ball a lot to keep up in games. And so I think that you're going to see a lot of big second halves, a lot of big garbage time type games for Marvin Jones this year. And like, he's just so good in those contested catch situations. Trevor Lawrence loves throwing the ball up and for those types of plays. So I just can't believe he's going as wide receiver 52. It's like everyone forgot he existed or something. It's so weird. Here's what's weird about it is that people don't understand that Marvin Jones Jr., he has three, no, four seasons, 10 touchdowns, nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns. That's ridiculous that he, scores. he someone like that, had that. And one of those was with Cincinnati, and the other ones have been with the Detroit Lions where there has been other wide receiver one options. He's coming in, stepping into a role where he is the primary option, and it looks like to me from the preseason game, Trevor Lawrence has already zoned in and knows that uh, I can only rely on Marvin Jones because that's where he went for mo uh, in that preseason steps. That matters. Him targeting Marvin Jones matters. And this is crazy that he's essentially for free versus my pick, DK Metcalf, who is going borderline in the first round? Is, is everybody, everybody high? high? 
And I don't know why we echoed. We can't bring in Ryan for that. Uh, but he's got to turn his, got to fix his sound if we want him. If we want to yeah. bring him in, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that he is going in the second round, and I understand where he finished last year. It was more on necessity where he finished last year. I just don't get when you have someone like Tyler Lockett on the same team as DK Metcalf, how that value translates when I could wait a couple of, why is he still going so high when you could take someone's that is just as good two rounds later? It, it does not make sense. Nope. <laughs> it does not make sense. I do not like DK Metcalf as a value pick. I think DK Metcalf will, will probably, equal out to his value, but people are drafting him like he's going to be the next big thing. Let's be honest here. AJ Brown is the next best thing. He is the guy, not DK Metcalf out of that draft class. I think AJ Brown is getting disrespected. And I think that DK Metcalf is getting way overhyped just because he's one of those guys. That's the PFF darlings. Greenlaw, who is your evaluating value? My guy's a rookie. It's uh, Elijah Moore right now, wide receiver, 57, 150th overall, which is round 12 and a half. Um, they used a, a second-round pick on him. His only competition is Corey Davis at wide receiver. He's got a, a rookie quarterback. He's going to play in the slot a lot. I think that he's going to be amazing in year one. And if this is a, you know, a, a keeper league, this is a guy you draft – this late and then you you're set with him for for years to come rave reviews in camp no, no one said anything except for positive things about uh elijah moore he's been he's been hurt lately but uh, i don't see a problem uh going into the season especially you know second half of the season you could really see him become a a very solid flex maybe even a wide receiver too yeah, I think injury concerns a little bit right now, but other than that, Elijah Moore, I think, is going to be... He's got to get to the game, right? That's that's the big yeah. thing, is that everybody needs to see him. Corey Davis looked very comfortable, and if this offense looks just as half as good as what it did in the preseason game going forward, there's going to be a lot of targets for Elijah Moore to go around. Ooh, Greenlaw with the win. I think that puts Greenlaw as the first person to unseat me. With the well, we think we've got only gotten two stars or three stars total three, here. Yeah, we missed hey, one. Listen, two, three, that's all right. I'm a gracious winner. It's Thanks. okay. <laughs> I'm a gracious champion. That we will skip the question, the Q and A, because we didn't really get any Q and As that were. Uh, we did get really a question about Tyler Lockett. I I yeah. do have one question before we go. I have one question. It mm -hmm. is a trade question, so I'm asking for your advice. And here's what it is. I have Justin Jefferson in, I believe, the eighth round. It's either the eighth or ninth, and he's an eighth-round keeper. And so I got to trade Justin Jefferson and my 1.4 pick for Nick Chubb. Now, Nick Chubb is a fifth-round keeper. And he will continue to move up one round every year that I keep him. And I get this person's last pick, which is in the 16th round. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Here are my so, other in this league. I get Justin Jefferson, or sorry, Chase Claypool and James Robinson to go with Nick Chubb or Justin Jefferson. And 
Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, Christian McCaffrey will all be available. Those are three running backs the least available in the first round, along with some wide receivers that were drafted in the first round. So, in knowing that and saying that, what is your guys' advice? It's a high pick to give up for Chubb, but it could pay off in 2022 when you get to draft him in the third round. But are you playing for 2022 or 2021? Oh, I'm playing for 2021. I'm always playing to win now. It's tough to give up that pick, especially when you'd be keeping, you know, Jefferson next year for seventh. If it was, you know, more of a straight swap with a lesser pick, I'd be all in on that. But because you're not going to be able to draft that wide receiver one replacement with your first first pick, it makes it a little tough. And yeah. that's what someone that wants to stay away from Justin Jefferson this year. But it being a keeper right. changes it, and it being you know a seventh rounder next year changes it a lot too. And I love Nick Chubb, and I also am trying to stay away from the Vikings, and still think you get you're giving up too much there with the with that fourth overall pick. Well, I did try to offer him the second round pick, and he he decided to go against it. But he's also not getting any better trade offers, so I know he's watching. So Robert. I'm going to have to turn this trade down unless you want to take the second round pick. Yes. This is Robert. Sorry, Robert. The different Robert. Robert. Oh. Robert Rogers on the YouTube channel. Well, should we bring in our special guest, Taylor Lewan? Let's do it. <laughs> it says Ryan, Derek, AJ, and Julio, and Taylor. The greatest shirt ever made. By far the greatest shirt. There you have it. You can get that greatest shirt ever at shop.broadwaysportsmedia.com. 15% off using the code just for our flexors, FLEX15, all capital letters, F-L-E-X-1-5. My name is Zach Lyons. You can follow me on Twitter at EffortsPod. Justin Graver over in this direction. He, you can follow him at Titans Film Room. Robert Greenlaw is down here. Follow him at Rob on Broadway. Don't forget, we have all kinds of articles that have been going out just like crazy we even put out a thread today well not a thread a tweet detailing all of them at the broadway tn on twitter robert tomorrow has this great terrible twitter takes article that's coming out it's going to set the world aflame you do not want to be included in this one or so go check it out see if you're on it yeah Yeah. but you're a clout whore and you want to be on it because you just can't get enough of your name so maybe you do want to be on it and maybe you can take a funny joke if you are included. Hello, we're all having fun here. Yeah. Stop being so offended. Yeah, you had a bad take, offended. whatever. So for everybody here and at Ryan on Broadway, Ryan Watson, who's not here tonight, you can you can he see, does he live. Does live yeah. I don't even know why you brought him in. During the, I I was taking a soap. Flawless victory, taking a soap. Don't know why he doesn't even have himself muted if he just wanted to come wave. Either way. This has been The Flex on Broadway. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next Wednesday. A Broadway Sports Media Production.